When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Sadiqi. No, Zach, in this one, we're just going over preseason week three. We're also going to go over preseason winners overall preseason winners, overall preseason losers, you know, whose value increased in the month of August, whose value got hit in the month of August, you know, which guys am I changing my opinions on because of what I've seen in camp and preseason, we'll be talking about that in this episode, I hope you guys were able to check out all the episodes last week with all of the beat reporters and, uh, you know, just team experts just talking about, you know, all these different teams and some inside in info and some insights. It, it really helped a lot shaping our opinion on a lot of these guys going into the fantasy football season. If you're looking for our full rankings, they're available on patreon.com slash upperhand fantasy rankings round by round targets as well. That should help you understand who my targets are, who I'm avoiding some sleepers and all that. All right. Uh, also we're on Instagram. If you, if you didn't know at upperhand fantasy, uh, a lot of our content is put out there, and we're also sponsored by Underdog. Underdog Fantasy, if you haven't signed up for Underdog Fantasy yet, you can still draft best ball teams. You can win millions of dollars right now in these tournaments. Best ball mania is still going on, all right? You can draft a team. That's literally all you have to do, okay? We are talking best ball here, okay? So all you have to do is draft the team, and you're done. There's no team management. There's no waivers. There's no trades. You draft, and you're absolutely done, all right? All you have to do is, you know, have some decent drafts. You know, there's no management, so all they do is put in your best players every single week to form the best possible starting lineup. And if your team performs over the course of the season, you will bring in the money. You can also do pickums on Underdog Fantasy as well. You pick higher or lower on a bunch of stat lines for these players. Week one is coming right up. Those lines are already up right now at underdogfantasy.com. So you can check that out. Um, use code UPPERHAND because when you do, you get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Okay, use code UPPERHAND. First deposit doubled up to $100. Appreciate you guys. Let's talk Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor. I really don't know what the Colts are doing, to be honest. I have no idea. They couldn't figure out a trade. Okay, I get that. It's tough to trade a running back in this market. There were teams interested. There was a report going around that the Colts won the Jalen Waddle from the, from the Dolphins. Like, for real? You serious? So it was the Dolphins involved and the Packers were the secret team involved. Apparently, reported by multiple sources. Ian Rappaport, I think, just confirmed it. That that's what it was. Very, very interesting. 
by the Packers to see how interested they were putting deals together for Jonathan Taylor. Okay. Now, what's interesting to me here is the fact that Jonathan Taylor wasn't taken off the pup list by the deadline, and which means that he's going to have to miss the first four games. No matter what, whether he gets traded or not, which makes absolutely no sense to me. If he was on the NFI list, the Colts just wouldn't have to pay him, which makes more sense. But why put him on the pup? Is he that hurt? Like, why not just keep him active? So if you do come up with a deal with him, he can play week one or week two. And if you do end up trading him at some point, that team that's trading for him gets a full season on Jonathan Taylor. But now, even if a team trades for him now, they can't play him during those first four weeks either. So now you just diluted the trade market on Jonathan Taylor for what? I don't really understand. He's going to miss four games no matter what. You'll, you'll be out without Jonathan Taylor for a few weeks, and that's going to suck. Okay. Deion Jackson has been getting the start in preseason. He's been playing the first couple of drives, followed by Evan Hall, right? Now, what's going to happen during the weeks that JT can't play? Right now, listen, my favorite running back in this room is Evan Hall. That's who I really, really want. But if I'm looking at the preseason usage, if I look at who they prefer right now, it seems like it's Deion Jackson. Okay, so if I'm choosing a player to pick up, it's Deion Jackson, okay? Now, I still think this is going to be a committee. I don't think this is going to be a situation where you can just throw in Deion Jackson and expect him to get like 75% of the work. I, just, I don't see it. It could be a 50-50. He could get a little bit more work than Evan Hull. Um, now, we could. can we see Zach Moss get some work too? Maybe. I don't trust Zach Moss. He's had opportunity in the past, hasn't been able to take advantage of it. But we'll see. Can Zach Moss move ahead of these guys with a broken arm? He didn't play for several weeks. Who knows, right? It is possible he does move ahead. But at this point, like, I'd rather just pick up Leonard Fournette. There's a good chance that Leonard Fournette signs with the Colts, right? I mean, like, who else were they going to go after? Are they going to go after Kareem Hunt here? Maybe. Kareem Hunt could be rostered, right? Because if either Kareem Hunt or Leonard Fournette signs with the Colts, they're going to get the majority of the work based on who's on the roster right now. But Evan Hall is the most exciting back on this roster right now because he's a dynamic athlete and a receiver out of the backfield, one of the best receivers in this draft class that just came out. And he's a you know potential three-down back. He has a size for it. All right. So something to keep in mind about those guys. But it does suck with Jonathan Taylor that the fact that, you know, he's gonna he's not going to be with the Colts for the first four weeks, maybe this year. Who knows? If he's in the fifth round of drafts, 12-team leagues, sure, I'll draft him there, right? Because you're looking at J.K. Dobbins, you're looking at Damian Pierce, you're looking at Mal Sanders. Those are the guys you're looking at. JT has more upside than all those guys. I think it's worth taking a shot, but very risky business there, okay? If you don't want to take any risks, just grab Pierce, just grab Dobbins, just grab Sanders. I can't see myself ever drafting Mal Sanders over JT, though, so... I'll probably still take a JT regardless. What does that mean for Anthony Richardson? More opportunity, maybe. But 
less opportunity to keep drives alive. That's for sure. That's my issue here. This offense is not ready. I don't know if Richardson is ready to have this offense just be placed on his shoulders. I just don't know if that's the case right now. And that's what I'm concerned with. Right? I want Jonathan Taylor to be there to take a big load off Anthony Richardson's shoulders. That was he was he landed in a perfect spot, but now it's not as perfect anymore. Right? Now, the Dolphins didn't end up with JT. What does that mean? It means that Devon Achan is still alive. He still has some potential. But right now, Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert, those are the two guys. Those are the two guys. Week one. All right. I'd rather have Jeff Wilson. I think he's the guy. They, they, I think they give more touches to him, but he hasn't been practicing lately. He has an undisclosed injury. I don't think he's back yet. But some of the monitor. But Devon Achan has a couple of running backs to leap over. Now, they did release Miles Gaskin. So that's one thing to, you know, that's one less running back for him to leap over. He was playing ahead of Devon Achan in the preseason so far. But once Devon Achan is right from that shoulder injury, we could see him, you know, potentially move into the rotation a little bit. We'll say though. It didn't happen in the preseason yet. Okay. Moving on. Really, really sad situation with JT, man. Honestly. This is not how I should have went, you know. Um, now, at, at this point, you know, there's a bunch of releases happening. No one's super notable on offense has been released, right? That should affect fantasy like a whole lot. Um, Albert O did get traded to the Eagles from Denver, you know, for a low pick. That doesn't necessarily mean that is great Dulcich season. Why? Because Adam Troutman has been playing ahead of Dulcich this preseason, and Albert O wasn't really a factor with the first team offense to begin with. Now, it is worth noting that the Broncos don't have a lot of pass catchers for week one. Okay, so Dulcich might have to be out there regardless as a receiver. Okay, something to keep in mind for DFS and that sort of thing. Now. Darrington Evans, he was released by the Bills. That means that the Bills are going into the season with James Cook, Damian Harris, and Latavius Murray. Okay, Cook is competing with Harris, who's, you know, often injured, 33-year-old Murray, right? There is a chance that we see Cook get some goal line carries this year just because of the fact that those guys, who knows if they'll hold up, right? The Giants activated Wandell Robinson off the pup. They released Jamison Crowder. We'll see where Wandell fits into this wide receiver core. Um, there is some optimism that Kadarius Tony is ready for week one. I won't be holding my breath. If you have him, he can be worth starting at some point, uh, but I'm not going out of my way to draft him. Uh, Hassan Haskins running back for the Titans. He's done for the year, which means Tajay Spears is locked into a three down handcuff role behind Derrick Henry. Now he won't be in every down back most likely, but he's going to play a huge role if Henry were to get hurt. So he's a priority handcuff stash this season. The Cardinals traded for Josh Dobbs, quarterback Josh Dobbs, last week. They just released Cole McCoy. So this team is in full tank mode right now. This reduces the value of Hollywood Brown. Any hope for Michael Wilson? You know, maybe we still like James Conner, but Rashad White is my clear pick over him at this point. Uh, He's been that for a little while now. I mentioned White because these guys have been going back-to-back in drafts this entire offseason. And, um, yeah, and they still are. So I guess you can pick up Josh Dobbs in two quarterback leagues. Kyle Murray will continue to be on the pup for the for the first four weeks of this season. Um, and as we can guess, it's possible that they hold him out 
the entire year because what is the point of him playing? The Dolphins also released Chosen Anderson, formerly known as Robbie Anderson. The Jets released Zonovan Knight. They really had, you know, they just had a really crowded running back room. I think he's actually a talented running back, so I'll be watching where he ends up landing. All right, let's see. Um, the Ravens released Melvin Gordon. That was somewhat expected. The Colts released Kenyon Drake. Um, the Vikings released Dwayne McBride, who I like a lot, <laughs> and I, I've talked about. But it looks like Ty Chandler is like the clear every down handcuff for Alexander Madison at this point. Romeo Dubs has a hamstring injury. Not sure how serious, uh, but it was the reason he didn't play in the preseason game this past weekend. Uh, Dalvin Cook has resumed practice. Apparently, he needs he has a little work to do to get into game shape. Um, but him and Brees Hall looking like they will be both available for Week One. The fact that Brees is practicing in full and Cook will as well tells me that this backfield is going to do some damage, right? Both both of them are going to have their games, but I, I think I prefer Brees by a hair at this point if he doesn't have to carry the full workload. And with his price going down in drafts, you know, I kind of like him more, right? He's going to have three full week of, weeks of practice before week one, um, so he might not have that slow start, right? I was avoiding Brees, you know, at his second round price tag, right? At some point earlier this offseason, his price fell. Then the price fell some more, and now Dalvin signed, and now you're getting him in the third round. I got him in the fourth round in a 14-team league with Austin Eckler this past week. So I, I feel like we're doing too much here, right? Brees is the better player. He's a more explosive player at this point of their careers. Dalvin's going to have a big role. Like, I see a 50-50 split here, but I also see Brees being the guy to have if both guys have equal amount of opportunity. Right, especially later in the season when it really matters, I can see Brees kind of taking over just a little bit. So again, I want to break down preseason week three, what matters, why it matters, and then just kind of do an overall preseason winners and losers type of thing, just reviewing kind of who moved up and who moved down. Okay. Um Adam Thielen, he led the Panthers with a 50% target share from Bryce Young on Friday, with DJ Shark dealing with an injury. Thielen seems to be a startable wide receiver that you can draft late. Like, probably going to be a top 36 wide receiver in week one. Tajay Spears, I mentioned him, right? He's already emerged like I, I, with the Hassan Haskins injury, whatever. He's out this year. But he's already emerged regardless as the clear running back. He has three-down ability, and he has shined this preseason. He's one of the best running backs this preseason. Josh Kelly has emerged as a clear running back to handcuff behind Austin Eckler. I think it's a lot more clearer this year who the handcuff is behind Eckler than it was in past years. I think the new OC and stuff that, that, that kind of solidified things. Kelly has been running ahead of everyone else. And, you know, if Eckler were to get hurt, Kelly is the clear option at this point. Uh, Roshan Johnson, he started the game on Saturday as a passing down back. Um, Khalil Herbert and Deontay Johnson got early down work uh, with the starters. Uh, this could be a three-man backfield to start the year. Uh, we got to look with Damian Harris back in the lineup for the Bills. So with the first team, James Cook, Cook James Cook ended up with 69% of snaps. He ran around on 57% of Josh Allen's dropbacks, which is very solid. And, you know, as expected, Harris was the goal line back. He did get a goal line touchdown in this game. Uh, but Cook still solid RB2 candidate. Like 69% of snaps is still great. Running around on 57% of dropbacks is great. Uh, it's, just, it's just what you want to see. Like, I like Cook even if he doesn't get the goal line role, is what I'm saying, at his price. Now, 
I, I don't expect Zach Charbonnet to be the passing down back when Kenneth Walker returns to action because without Walker, DJ Dallas has been taking Charbonnet off the field on passing downs, okay? So we could see a three-man running back rotation in Seattle where, you know, Kenneth Walker could be the 1A, Zach Charbonnet being the 1B, and then on third downs and passing downs, you end up seeing DJ Dallas in the field. That's not what we want, right? But Garrett Wilson was targeted on 37.5% of Aaron Rodgers' throws, including a touchdown in their first game on Saturday. No one else had more than one target. So I'm expecting a funnel passing game to Wilson, you know, similar to what we saw in Green Bay with Devonta Adams, where there's just one guy getting like a 27%, 28% target share. So I really think that's going to be Wilson. Moving to Jacksonville, Tank Bigsby's role has really grown. The split was ETN 64% of snaps, Bigsby 32% of snaps. Last year, ETN had a better role than this, and he couldn't finish anywhere close to being an RB1. So ETN, he only had a 57% rushing share with Tank. Um, you know, Tank only got two less carries than, than ETN with the first team, right? And Trevor Lawrence on the field, Okay. Now, once again, going to going to Pittsburgh, Jalen Warren, man, continues to eat into Najee Harris's early down workload. He impresses when he when he gets touches. Najee played sixty three percent of snaps with the first team on Thursday, and it wasn't just passing down snaps for Warren. He was playing on early downs as well. Not great for Najee Harris. Harris is still a solid RB two, okay, but Jalen Warren's moving in just a little bit. Dalton Schultz, he only ran a route on 50% of dropbacks with the first team on Sunday. He played on less than 50% of snaps. Not ideal if you're considering him your starting fantasy tight end this, this season, but at the end of the day, like I do think that Dalton Schultz could end up, you know, being a tight end one. I just he's not I'm not targeting him anywhere, basically. I'm not avoiding him like at all costs or anything like that. But I do think that there are a lot better tight end candidates out there. He just doesn't have a lot of upside to me. Those are the main takeaways from week three, I would say. Um, and I want to get go over like guys who really, you know, stood out overall in preseason, right? Um, guys whose stock is up, right? Kenny Gainwell, right? Kenny Gainwell's stock is up. Why? He sat with the first team with Boston Scott. Sure, he ended up playing in the next game. A little bit confusing around that, but beat reporters have been talking about Kenny Gainwell playing the most snaps getting the most touches on early downs with the first team offense in practice in training camp. So he's somebody that, you know, his stock has gone up this preseason. It seems like after watching all the preseason games, Kenny Gainwell and DeAndre Swift are the two running backs to target on the Eagles and not necessarily Rashad Penny. Sky Moore is somebody that has been playing way more with the first team as camp has gone on as preseason has gone on, right? So Sky Moore, somebody who will be on the field with Patrick Mahomes, okay? He's going to be the most fantasy-relevant wide receiver, especially early on in the season. We'll see if those other wide receivers can potentially, you know, make their way onto the field. They have a lot of, you know, upside guys, right? Um, Richie James is somebody to look into, right? Because his playing time has increased as well. We obviously like Justin Ross. Um, he made the 53-man roster, so he's going to have an opportunity. And then Rashi Rice, right? Like, they have a few of these wide receivers who could make some noise. But the guy that I'm betting on is Sky Moore because he's seen the most first-team snaps. He's run the most routes with the first team among the wide receivers that I mentioned. 
Jaden Reed, Luke Musgrave. These are two rookies that the Packers drafted. They're both starters. Luke Musgrave running a route on almost 100% of dropbacks. Like I think it's like 85%, you know, 100% of snaps. The dude is going to be on the field a ton. And if you're going to be betting on these rookie tight ends, in, in terms of utilization, in terms of usage, Musgrave is probably the pick. And you get him, you can get him after guys like Laporta and Dalton Kincaid. Okay, I'm not saying he's going to be the guy. I like these other guys in terms of talent, but Musgrave, looking like the real deal at this point. And Jane Reed, he's their starting. Jane Reed's their starting slot receiver, right? So he's someone to look into as well because, you know, who knows? There could be a connection there with Jordan Love, where Romeo Dubs might not be that guy. Romeo Dubs, there is a connection there. He's a little bit banged up right now, so Jane Reed, pay attention to him. But he moved into the starting slot role. There's nobody else competing with him there. Khalil Herbert uh, is the clear 1A in the Bears' backfield that has been confirmed this preseason. We know how efficient he was last year. He didn't get a huge workload, but you know, among running backs with 100 attempts or more, extremely efficient in missed tackles force, yards up to contact, all the stuff that matters. We could see Roshan Johnson playing that third down role. We could see Deontay Foreman playing it. We'll see, right? But it's probably not going to be Khalil Herbert, but at the end of the day, Herbert is going to be on the field a lot in an ascending offense. James Cook, right? You know, his role was really defined, especially with the fact that we were given a sample with Damian Harris. But James Cook, he's getting all of the work that we want him to get where he's going in drafts. He's still undervalued, even with the rising ADP. The fact that he's getting more than 50% of the rushing attempts He's getting 60 to 65% route participation. That's literally what you need, even if you don't get goal line carries. That's okay. He can still finish as an RB2, and he still has RB1 upside. Now, if Latavius Murray gets hurt, 33 years old, Damian Harris, been getting hurt, James Cook, his role can just be easily high in RB1 at some point, to be honest with you, just because he's that good in the receiving game. Okay? Big target of mine in drafts. Marvin Mims. Um, you know, the Jerry Judy injury could be a little bit bigger than they're letting on here. The, that hamstring injury could be serious. Marvin Mims, somebody who is highly touted second round. Sean Payton traded up for him. All the measurables, all of the metrics that we look at is pointing to Marvin Mims being a surprise in year one. He's already starting regardless of whether Jerry Judy, at least in 11 personnel, regardless of whether Jerry Judy's there, Marvin Mims is a starter now that Tim Patrick got hurt, okay? So someone to bet on who fits what Russell Wilson does well, and let's throw the ball deep. Javante Williams' stock increased after what we saw in preseason, right? He was the starter. He got a bunch of opportunity and touches. Like, he didn't look amazing, but, like, the his utilization was, was freaking amazing. So... He might be a uh, exception to the rule here. Multi-ligament injury. I was way out on him all year long. The fact that he came back in this game, handled that many touches in a real game, uh, how can you not want a piece of that, especially given the fact that he was targeted four times in this game, you know, in a very limited sample, right? Um, this is what Sean Payton does. These running backs in Sean Payton's system, huge. So the floor for Javante might be a little higher than we think. Darren Waller. Darren Waller, we know that, you know, all the camp reports were confirmed, you know, with that preseason action that we saw. 
Okay, 40% targets per route run for Darren Waller in that preseason game a couple weeks ago is what we wanted to see. He's their guy, and he should be leading them in targets. Elijah Moore also, like, he is the he is Deshaun Watson's number one target right now, okay, in preseason that we've seen together with the starters. So Moore's being used a lot. He's being used, you know, in the backfield. They're going to deploy him everywhere, and he's being severely undervalued right now. Uh, he's still going in the 40s. Is a pretty good chance that he finishes as a top 30 wide receiver this year. Cole Turner is a sleeper tight end that you should be paying attention to. J.P. Finley, beat reporter for NBC, was on the show. He talked about him, and the preseason is kind of matching that up because he's being targeted, and he's playing with the first team. He's running a lot of routes, and he's looking good. You never know. It might not be Logan Thomas' show here. Nico Collins seems like the number one wide receiver for the Texans, for C.J. Shroud. He caught a touchdown the other week. They, they've been connecting uh, on that deep ball as well, similar to what we've talked about in practice and what we've seen in practice and what we heard about from practice. So Nico Collins is somebody that you should be targeting around that ninth, 10th round range uh, as somebody who could finish as a top 36 wide receiver, top 24 upside. Damian Pierce on the same team in every down roll. Damian Pierce has been getting in every down roll, guys. Okay? So we have to pay attention to Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce, the fact that he is is not coming off the field on third downs and the fact that Devin Singletary is also coming off the field on third downs, you know, with the second team, that tells you that Devin Singletary probably won't get the third down roll on the, with the first team or with the starters. So Damian Pierce, and we know he's a good blocker, so this could be real. And if that's the case, get to bump up his receptions maybe th- by 30 this year. We could see like a 275 touch season from Damian Pierce this year. RB1 upside. Michael Pittman has been targeted a ton from Anthony Richardson. He's his guy. That's a good thing. But we might see something similar to last year where the quality targets aren't there. So that's why I'm not still, I'm still not like, all the way in on Michael Pittman this year, but just know that Anthony Richardson is going to be targeting the shit out of him. Adam Thielen mentioned him earlier. Um, he is the guy that Bryce Young has been targeting lately in this last preseason game. He's pretty much dialed in on Adam Thielen. All right, so someone to someone to know that you could draft Adam Thielen in the twelfth round and get yourself a potential wide receiver three. Okay, guys who are stockered down, Rashad Penny, right? He's been consistently playing with the second team, third team, not the first team in preseason, not what you want to see. Okay. Um, Penny has been playing with the first team, but when the entire rest of the offense was kind of like not playing, right? So I am personally not aiming for Rashad Penny. If he, if he, if his price drops a lot, I'll, I'll, you know, take shots, especially later on in drafts, like in the, in the, you know, 12th, 13th round. But he was a 10th round pick, not taking him there anymore. But if he drops a little bit more, I'll take my shots just in case that preseason was a mirage for the Eagles. Okay, Greg Dulcich, he, is, he also fell from the graces like of Sean Payton calling him all types of awesome stuff. Like he's be really talking him up. But Dulcich wasn't playing over Adam Trotman. All right, Sean Payton got his guy from New Orleans, and he's been playing him over Dulcich this preseason. Dulcich has been playing behind Robin and didn't really flash just yet. Okay. 
Jameson Williams has, has had the case of the drops. He hasn't been having the big plays that you think he would have, despite the fact that he, you know he's a very talented receiver. Um, also, his coach talking about he, he doesn't have elite hands. Not great for Jameson Williams, so his stock is down. Devon A-Chain hasn't got a ton of run with the first team. He was playing behind like a running back that just got cut. Um, I think they. I would love to see Devon A. Chain play more with the first team, especially considering the fact that Jeff Wilson was banged up and he didn't play in these games. So, you know, he was playing behind Salvan Ahmed. He was playing behind Miles Gaskin, who just got cut. I would imagine that moves up a little bit, but the shoulder injury that A. Chain sustained and he'll be out for a couple of weeks. You know, that's not helping him right now. Gus Edwards also, you know, seems like he has fallen out of favor with new offensive coordinator Todd Munkin for the Ravens. Not great for Gus Edwards. You know, I don't think this is going to be a split as we talked about. And Justice Hill is running ahead of Gus Edwards in preseason. And Justice Hill is the guy that this OC likes because he's versatile and he can play a ton in the receiving game. Travis Etienne, I just mentioned him earlier, you know. Tank Bigsby is really eating into his uh, into his workload just a little bit, so not ideal for him. Same thing with Najee Harris, with Jalen Warren working in on early downs and not just playing that passing down role. All right, that's pretty much going to do it for this episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Again, uh, sign up for Underdog, do some drafts, do some pickums. Okay, if you use the code Upper Hand, you will get your first deposit doubled. Up to $100. Okay. And if you're looking for rankings, patreon.com slash upper hand fantasy. Go check it out. Get some help with your draft. It's all there. Take it easy, guys. See you next time.